Ladies and gentlemen, give me that effing hot dog. I'm Kent Garrison. And I'm Brian Gill. And this is Mad About Movies. Da, 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 da. You sound insane. You like that? Oh, yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. Mad About Movies is your go-to destination for all things cinema. We give you some movie news, movie rumors, and those all-important movie rumblings in the first half of the show. In the second half of the show, we'll discuss our given movie of the week. Don't be afraid. We'll let you know if there's going to be any spoilers ahead. And at the end of the show, we'll give you our weekly recommends. This week, Kit, we'll be talking about which movie? Black Nativity. (laughs) Or Out of the Furnace. You want another? No, Rodney was supposed to meet me here half hour ago. Now, why the hell you want to fight? I just need the money. You're going to be a good boy and take a dive. I'm not going to have to teach you a lesson. This, we, should, we should tell the listener this was at least our second choice, if not, if yeah. not more. We tried, <laughs> we tried really hard to do Nebraska, and I think we'll get it done eventually. So our listeners should, uh, should look for that one in the future, but... Uh, it's a pretty Man. good story. We'll go ahead and let's go ahead and get the story out of the way right off so, the top. So, yeah, so we live in in the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex as we've mentioned before, and we are we have been besieged by a winter storm that literally shut down the entire Metroplex for like 4 days, 5 days. I right. mean, crazy. So, I uh can't you live close to the theater that the only theater in town that was showing Nebraska I do not. I was going to make it there yesterday, but they uh, they literally had every road that I could use to get there shut down. So I uh, I had to just bail out, and we ended up seeing Out of the Furnace instead. Still don't know what out, the title Out of the Furnace means. I don't either. But I mean, luck, oh, but luckily I have the movie guru ah. Brian, the movie guy, here with me tonight. <laughs> Hopefully, you can sure. enlighten I'll, me on yeah, I'll just what make the title up. of the movie means. Right. Might they should have said it at some point yeah. in the movie. He should have just Christian Bale should have just muttered to himself, "Out of the furnace, man." It's am not I right. It's, it's not entirely out of the question that Woody Harrelson did mutter it to himself. <laughs> it was just inaudible. Yeah, yeah. or Forrest Whitaker too. With that Dark Knight voice. Yeah. But we'll get into that a a little bit later. But I want to start off the show. I'm gonna cue the music up. I want to start off the show with a shout out. Um. We got we got an epic email that I had to save. I didn't want to tell you tell you about it until we got until we got on the show. Um, it's from listener Tyler DeLong. So hello Tyler. He writes, Hello guys, first time caller, long time listener. <laughs> Which okay, it's already awesome. Sweet ticket reference. He says, I think I just got McGrubert. <laughs> I've been a fan of this film since day one. But it wasn't until the best Cyber Monday deal ever on Amazon when MacGruber was on sale for $3. Obviously, I was all in. (laughs) So clearly, you all can relate to the joy of when it shows up, knowing that I can procrastinate any future life event with the helping of MacGruber (laughs) and spring it on friends and family at will. Of course we know. We know how that feels. Absolutely. Exactly. Well, I unwrap it and open the case and find no disc inside. It is at this moment no. oh, that's terrible. <laughs> that it is completely acceptable for me to let out a Will Forte yell, but I immediately started laughing. Even the process of opening the DVD case to MacGruber is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> 
Nice. This was such a great MacGruber moment for me, and I'm actually sending this email before I begin the process with Amazon to get a new DVD sent. But I believe it was at one of the many important Toretto family barbecues that Dom <laughs> said, sometimes the best things in life are worth waiting for. Nice. Nice. I like that guy. But yeah, thank you. Thank you, Tyler, for the email. Yeah, Tyler, you're the man. I'm we glad you. you could you could find some common ground with us and our love for MacGruber. Yeah. I, I would warn Tyler, though, you uh, you can't really procrastinate too long by watching MacGruber. It takes about 27 minutes to get through the whole movie, so <laughs> um, you might want to... You might want to add in like the entire uh, Fast and the Furious franchise to make sure you really, really can procrastinate the right way, I would say. Exactly. It's like, what are you going to do? Watch another episode of The Walking Dead or watch <laughs> MacGruber again? Right. Yeah. It's usually yeah. MacGruber wins yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Exactly. You can get through, you can get through MacGruber twice before you finish an episode of like Sons of Anarchy or, I don't know, Boardwalk Empire or something. So... You know, slightly less throat ripping in The Walking Dead. <laughs> Still throat ripping. Yeah, slightly some, less. I prefer some. the MacGruber amount of throat ripping. Right. Yeah. In my I entertainment. Mean, just, yeah. Right. Right. Uh, but man, Brian, it's good to have you. Yeah. Good to have you on we're, tonight. We're a man down, though. That's, we are a man down. Sad, the Ice Apocalypse 2013 has consumed Richard. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but Richard, I will say like always, every time you miss, just put ointment on it, and you'll be back in no time. <laughs> Yes. Rumors and That's awesome. Let the filibustering begin. <laughs> but Brian, I wanted to ask you, any movie news, rumors, and rumblings that you want to talk about? Oh, Kit, I, I wish I could pull out an entire list of, uh, of topics to, to delve into, but I, I, I sadly have brought absolutely nothing to the table. It's a miracle that I am here this week, as well as... Uh, as Richard missing, so you you might have had to do this alone. It's uh it's been a crazy week. So yeah. I, I have nothing, but I, I I'm hoping that uh, you have something you want to talk about. I do. You did you you did a double feature yesterday, actually. I did. I you want to talk about that? Sure. Yeah, the strangest uh, double feature. <laughs> uh, maybe not ever. I, I'm certain that I've done a weirder. Double I've done, I've done a couple weird ones this year. I'll have to think about which ones yeah. I've done. But go ahead. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the uh, of the double. Even the triple feature occasionally. Are you, are you in my? Are you in the same boat as me on that? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I will do that. It, it you know weekends. Um, if the movie's been out a couple weeks, I try to do that because I yeah. know I'm never gonna have to fight a crowd, so I can right. schedule it three in a row. You know. Um, yeah. I usually just try to wait um, a week or two after a movie comes out before I see it in the theater because I don't. I really don't like fighting a crowd. And there's a chance if you go like at 10 p.m. on a on a weeknight for especially a lot of these indie movies, mm-hmm. uh, there's yeah. a chance you'll have a f- theater to yourself for yeah. like five bucks or whatever seeing it. So that's right. that's always nice. So I, I try to do that. But I have done more double features this year than I than I ever, ever have. Yeah. I think the last one I did was I saw um, Jobs with Ashton Kutcher, yeah. followed by You're Next, which was a <laughs> horror slasher f- film. And they were, right. they were both equally scary right? Uh, for sure. different reasons. <laughs> But I think yeah. that was the last one I did. So, so tell me about your your double feature. Yeah, well, I went to uh, Monday again. Was Monday was the first day I really got out of the house. I got out for about thirty minutes to an hour on Sunday, from I think Thursday night. So from about thir- from Thursday at about seven p.m. until Sunday in the late afternoon, I was just in my house with my wife and our infant, 
who became more and more unhappy with the situation. Um, yeah. But uh, anyway, Monday I got out and I went to uh, went to theater and I saw the, the movie we're going to talk about in a little bit. And I also saw a heartwarming little uh, little cartoon known as Frozen, which is currently the number one movie in the land. And uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Very, very good movie. Really, really liked it a lot. Um, kind of has that. Uh, I'm, I'm digging the the uh, the Disney charm that's kind of been uh, refound, I guess, over uh-huh. the last the last few years. We, I think, we both really liked Wreck It Ralph last year. Um, right. I thought that was fantastic, and uh, I, I really, really liked Tangled, which I didn't expect to like, and I think that's a movie that five years ago from Disney would have been awful. Um, but under John Lasseter, they're, they're just gotten really good at what they're doing. Uh, anyway, Frozen's kind of, I think Frozen actually take place, takes place in the same universe as Tangled. Um, it's like, okay. not, there's no characters that overlap or anything, but it's, I think it's supposed to be kind of the same general, uh, world and whatnot, but, uh, man, it's really good. I, I don't know how, how many of our listeners who are, uh, like yourself, Kent, who are, you know, males in their mid twenties are gonna really love this movie. But uh, you know, yeah, as an old it, man, it, does it have that adult appeal that the Pixar films like Wreck It Ralph had? Like, I I think it does. It's not to that level. Wreck It Ralph is is really a Pixar movie that somehow got made by Disney. I think this is definitely more yeah. of a Disney movie. Um, I mean, it's you know, it's it's is about a princess. Is there, there is songs. Yeah, there's like yeah. it's a musical. Um, so that's clear you know, that's not everybody. I would, I, you know, I would not have texted Richard and you and said, Hey, you guys need to get out and see this movie immediately or anything like that. I don't know that it's going to be your, uh, cup of tea, but, uh, man, it's, it's really good for what it, for, for what it is. It's, it's, uh, it's a very good, very good film. I, I understand why it's been so successful. Um, and also should be mentioned, I'm not, I'm not the first to say this at all. It's been bandied about on the internet quite a bit, but, the marketing campaign for this movie is horrible. Like, I really right. thought that movie was going to be genuinely a bad movie. Um, it just looks it looks really bad in the uh, the trailers and all the, the stuff. Um, so, kudos to Disney for putting out a very good movie. Maybe get a new marketing department because I don't know that it did their film any good, make, it, making it look like something that we were going to be embarrassed to see. Sure. I think I've taken a I've taken a break from Disney the past few years. I'm trying to f- think about the last Disney movie I actually saw that wasn't Pixar. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as animation goes, um, I never saw Lilo and Stitch. I didn't see Princess and the Frog. I didn't see Tangled. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think what was before that. It was like Titan or Atlantis. Yeah. I did see uh, that. I think Treasure Atlantis, Planet. Treasure Planet yeah. was the last one I saw. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I had, I'm, I'm with you. I'd written them off because they'd been. I mean, they'd been bad. Lilo and Stitch is okay. Uh, I don't mind that one. I I actually like uh, the Emperor's New Groove. Yeah, a lot, I do like that one. That was like I forgot that, that was even Disney because yeah, same that here. was actually yeah. really good. <laughs> right. Yeah, that was like 2000. I think mm-hmm. um, that was probably the last one that I really liked. Uh, but we, we, my wife and I went to see Tangle when it came out and I, I was just like, man, this is, this is a Pixar quality, uh, this is Pixar telling a princess story or Pixar making a Disney movie. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I know they work together, but it is such a different thing. Anyway, I, I, that's a really good movie. Um, if you, 
someday can't if you have a daughter or something you want that's that's a movie worth watching for sure, sure. um and then last year wreck it ralph was excellent i think wreck it ralph was in my top 10 of the year i loved that movie um and then this is this may find a place in the top 10 honestly it's really good uh good really? voice work you know josh gad who uh is on book of mormon on broadway yeah and, also in the jobs movie yeah 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 uh, wozniak or whatever yeah yes. um he voices uh uh, Olaf the Snowman, which again is part of the marketing campaign, looks terrible, and he might be the best part of the movie. And his, it's uh, man, it's he's really good. Uh, so yeah, I, I liked it a lot, and I'm I'm starting to wonder if because like the last few years, Pixar has been mediocre. I would say at, at best, maybe maybe sure. slightly above average. Brave was a good movie; it just didn't have that kind of Pixar magic that you want i would uh, say they're playing it safe it's, yeah it's like they're they're making movies that are all equally as good as each other it's sure like, it's not like they're constantly making a movie that's better than the last one they made you know right like um right. i feel like brave and monsters you were about mm-hmm. they're okay they're both fine you know yeah sure but they're not sure. they're nothing they're not breaking any ground for pixar at all right, uh, right. animation wise brave was maybe their best movie though yeah, let's, let's, Brave looked great. Sure, it did. Sure, and then Cars Two was before that. Cars Two is actually oh, I, I didn't even see that. So, yeah, but uh, my 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 deal is I'm I'm starting to wonder if uh, it's not so much Pixar that's great as it is John Lasseter who's great because now John Lasseter is in charge uh-huh. of Disney Animation, and since he came over, uh, they've had four movies since he came over, and it's Tangled, uh, it's it's uh, Wreck It Ralph, it's this one uh, Frozen, and then. Mars Needs Moms, which was a holdover from uh, the Lassiter previous. did that? Well, he, it came out under his watch, but it, it wasn't his movie. You know what I mean? It was, it was something that got made, and he just had to release it, basically. Um, so that you can't really even count that one against him. Because Tangled, he really, they put a lot of effort into completely reworking that to make it a good movie. So I'm starting to wonder, like, coming out of this movie, are we, are we going to, is there going to be a, a a point in the near future in the next couple of years where it's not Pixar that is the lead in animation, but it's back to Disney. And is it all because of John Lasseter? I, I'm really starting to wonder how yeah. important he is to this, this process. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, Lasseter is definitely the brain behind a lot of, a lot of Pixar success. I, I definitely right. agree with you. Yeah. I think um, the way things are headed though, I think Pixar and Disney are going to end up, being like one and the same anyway. Sure. Sure. Because Pixar's umbrella is just going to be solid Disney, you know? Right. Uh, so uh, I still see him, I still see Lasseter going to work on Pixar and Disney. I, yeah. I, I'll still see it both ways. And I still see like Andrew Stanton doing both, mm-hmm. both too. Like he did John Carter and he did, you know, Pixar as well. So, right. Yeah. It's so going to be I, real interesting to see because I think if you ask the people at Disney, what really what I'm interested in is is there a pecking order now, or is it just uh, you know this was developed by Pixar, so it's a Pixar movie, or is Disney going to be poaching those ideas and and making them actual Disney properties instead of Pixar Disney properties? You know, because I would imagine the folks that are that are straight Disney would rather that the best animated movies come from them rather than Pixar, but. Mm-hmm. Pixar does things. The, the one thing that this movie lacks personally for me was that kind of 
classic Pixar animation. It looks like a Disney movie, but it has kind of a Pixar story. I prefer the Pixar animation, so I would have loved for this to have been, you know, to be to be a, a Pixar movie. But um, I guess it doesn't matter if they're going to put out good movies. Then it, I guess it doesn't really matter whether it's Pixar or Disney. But it's a it's an interest. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out over the next couple of years with Laster and with Pixar really kind of struggling for the first time in their you know almost twenty year history. Yeah, the Despicable Me. And uh, some, you know, franchises that aren't Disney and Pixar have sort mm-hmm. of taken over. It's kind of right. interesting to to see that happen. Yeah, it's Despicable it, Me is by far the biggest animation right. right now for kids. I would say. Yeah, those minion Min- things are everywhere. Yeah, the interesting thing on that is, I I really I'm very interested in the, and I've said interested a thousand times, so sorry about that, but. Uh, I, I, I find the animation game very, uh, very interesting because Me too, yeah. like Sony and DreamWorks and, and, and the other animation studios, they get some of these hits. Cloudy with the Chance of Meatballs was a, was a pretty successful movie. And, uh, you're right. Despicable Me is Ice huge. Ice Age is huge too. Yeah. Ice Madagascar. Huge. huge. Right. But for every one of those, they have like three movies that completely are terrible and no kid really ever cares about. Um, And whereas Disney and Pixar too, it's like, well, we're putting out one movie a year and if it hits, it's going to be a huge hit. And if not, then we're going to catch flack for it. But it's like the, you know, it's, it's efficiency versus the kind of the shotgun approach of just, well, we're going to put out six movies and we'll see which ones work and which ones don't. Um, But I always find that kind of to be a, a, uh, a fascinating phenomenon or just, just how that, how that plays out between those studios. Yeah. The difference in philosophy, I guess. So, something that, that you might be able to enlighten me on as well, Brian, uh, being a dad, like, like yeah. you are, it's always funny to me, the, the kid movies that come out that have no appeal to adults and yeah. it's just like they only come out because it's a kids movie, you know. <laughs> right. And there's not another kids movie coming out that weekend. Yeah, yeah. And Are I'm you talking about like, Free Birds? Yeah, yeah, no. like Free, like yeah. that, and like Smurfs too. Like there's <laughs> right. no logic at all used in greenlighting another Smurfs. Like no one needs <laughs> right. another Smurfs. Sure. sure. And it's just like, well, it's the middle of the summer and. Your kids are at home crying because they've been home all week because uh, they don't have school. So you're gonna go take them to do something. So Smurfs right. 2's out. So what's your what's your opinion on on movies like that? Have you experienced? I mean, your your son's not even a year old yet. Right. So it's, right. Uh, Fortunately, you I haven't, haven't experienced had it yet. But. Too much that. But I do work with kids, and I you yeah. know I run a summer program where every year one of the events we'll probably do five or six different events, and I kind of change them out. But usually we end up going to the movies at least once. And I kind of just have to, I mean, sometimes I can like, ba- like we went to see Madagascar three a couple of years ago and that was all right. There's, there's three levels of, of kids movies you have at the top tier, you have your toy stories and you know, the best of Pixar, the best of Disney and a few of those other movies, how to train your dragon, things like that, that appeal to everybody. Like they're really, they're, they're just good movies that happen to be animated, you know, um, rather than here's an animated movie for your kid to watch while you try not to kill yourself. Um, and then there's the second tier. I, I would put movies like Madagascar in that group where you would not go see, like I would go see Toy Story with or without a kid. 
And I have sure. for the last however many years. You I know. think I saw Toy Story 3 with like all my friends. Yeah, yeah same here. I, I went to a midnight screening of Toy Story 3. Yeah. You know, I love that stuff. Um, I probably wouldn't see Madagascar 3 without a group of kids to uh, to go with. But I didn't hate my life. It was fine. And you have movies like um, Rio, the last two Shrek movies, I think, are in this class where it's like mm-hmm. just ma- – and Shrek was a – Man, they just really bombed that franchise. But uh, just sitting through it is a real, real challenge. And I would think that as a parent, that's got to be – I mean, I'm sure I'll get my fair taste of this in a few years. But that's got to be one of the worst parts of, uh, of parenthood is is uh, going to see Rio 2, which I saw the first Rio, and it's just one of the most boring movies I've ever seen. I can't imagine <laughs> that any kid really enjoyed that movie, but – uh, I think it. I think it's two things. You have to a. You have to sit through it, and then b. You have to listen to your kid talk about how good it is afterwards. <laughs> you know, and you can't be right. like, you know, what's a good movie? Shawshank Redemption. You know, four year old, come on, get it together. You just have to kind of grin and bear it. And you have to. You have to get it. snacks with your kids. You know, you got to get the <laughs> yeah. full popcorn and cokes and yeah. candies. Yeah, yeah. Like it's I, funny when I, I rarely up, buy like, snacks at the yeah. FB. I never do. I, never. I bought yeah. if I'm doing two movies, I might get a drink just because I'm going to be there for four or five hours. So right. I'll, I'll probably get. But if it's just one, I never get anything. My family, unless we went to the dollar movie, we did not get concessions unless it was like a special occasion or something. That was like, hey, we're at the movies. I'm already spending. At that time, it was probably like I'm spending twenty five dollars. Now it would be sixty bucks just to go to the movies. Yeah. But uh, you know, I'll tell you, kid, this is funny. Uh, a few years ago, as I mentioned, I run a youth sports program. A few years ago, uh, for our like end-of-season celebration for football season, I took everybody. I rented out a movie theater at, uh, at the Rave around the corner from our house, like a 300-seat theater, and just said, okay, first 300 people that, that sign up, they can come for free. Like That was, our, mm-hmm. that was my deal. And uh, they got, you know, free popcorn and a drink and stuff like that. It was a really cool deal. But I have this family that uh, the dad came up to me afterwards and uh, and said, and I, I knew he, I knew three of his kids that were playing football that year. And he said, this is the first time that they've ever been to the movies. And I was like, are you serious? Like, I mean, these are, you know, third and fourth grade kids. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. He has eight kids. And so <laughs> taking eight kids to the movie is literally like $120, $150. And so oh they gosh. seriously had never been to a theater before, which is crazy to me. But that's that's kind of the world we live in. Man, I remember going – I don't know if you if you ever did this. There was like a summer movie camp yeah, uh, totally. growing up in, in like our local mall movie uh-huh. theater. Yeah. yeah, And I remember my mom and dad just dropping me off there when I was like very young, like early <laughs> elementary school, like second yeah. grade or yeah. something. And they would come pick me up after the movie and they, were, they would show like Tom and Jerry the movie or something on the big screen. Right, and I would go with my sister, who's only a year older than me, or uh, two years older yeah. than me. But it's just crazy that I don't know. I guess people just don't go to the movies, or their kids don't go anymore. That's yeah, that's it's, crazy. It's, it's definitely a different. Uh, where I know plenty of kids that like their entire family. The only time they go to the movies is is the dollar movie that's around the corner from our uh, from our church and whatnot. And so, hey, you know that. Yeah. I guess that leaves more room for like red boxes up. But like, if I'm going to go hang out with kids, which I do like once every month or so, I, I've got a group of like kids that are fifth through 
maybe eighth grade, you know, and we'll go out and we'll do something. We'll go to a Mavs game or, or something like that. And I, I try to make a point of, like, we're going to go see movies because I love the movie. Obviously, I love the movies, and I want to pass that on to the next generation. And it's it's stinking. It's tough for some of these kids to, to get out there and, and get exposed to good uh, to good cinema, you know. I yeah. took, like, 15 kids to uh, – me and me and two of the guys that are on my, my staff at, at uh, work – we took 15 kids to go see Jurassic Park in uh, 3D when it came right, out. Right, yeah. And it was like, I mean, that was one of the best experiences I've ever had in theater. Because I, obviously, I mean, I love that movie. That's, you know, a magical moment in, in cinema and watching all these kids. And, and some of them haven't been to the theater in a year, you know. And they're also, it's it's uh, it's tough for, for the families, for sure. Have you caught any of these um, classic cinema nights that Cinemark's been doing? You know I haven't. I went and saw. What did I see? I went and saw Jaws uh, a year nice. or two ago, which was really cool because I obviously I've never. I'm you know I'm younger than that movie, so I've never seen it in theaters, and it's that was a very cool experience. I love that they're doing that. I don't. If the rave did that, because the rave is so much closer to me than any other theater, and it's just you know with with the kid and everything, it's just harder for me to to get out and do stuff like that, especially when it's like a movie I own on Blu-ray or whatever. But um, if the rave did that stuff, I would, I would hit them more often. I, I, I love that Cinemark and like movie taverns and stuff like that have embraced that. Cause I think that that is a much better trend than, than like remaking those movies. You know, I do not want to totally. see a remake of Jaws, but if you put Jaws in a theater, yeah, I'll go see that. That's a great idea. Yeah. They're doing it like every week now. It's mm-hmm. not just a once a year, like on the anniversary of the movie type thing. They're doing it like a once a week. And uh, they were doing like Pulp Fiction. They had Back to the Future. Yeah. They had The Matrix, uh, Fight Club, Christmas Vacation for the holidays. Right. So yeah. good. You know who's the really Shining good at that? During Halloween. The Shining uh-huh. on the big screen. Oh, so it's, great. It's so cool. Uh, Al, we, we pubbed this this company before, but Alamo Drafthouse uh-huh. is, uh, is so good at that because they pick like – they pick really cool movies and, and kind of random stuff, and they have they have a different movie in that you know a, a different uh, uh, throwback movie like almost every day, and, and like events to go along with it and stuff. It kills me that there's not an Alamo closer to us. Like I just I absolutely cannot drive to Richardson to go. I did see read. I read an article that they're they're opening a lot more throughout Dallas. Good. That was just Good. the opening. They're just testing yeah. that one, and then they're planning on more. Yeah. But I say we we drive out to to the draft house for Anchorman too. That's what we yeah, should do. Yeah, yeah, something like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. That'd be awesome. That's, but they do so many cool things like that. So, yeah, I am a huge fan of that that trend. I I hope more theaters embrace that cuz I think that's a that's a great way to to again expose new generations to great film and it's a it's a smart move on their part to like cuz they sell tickets for like 5 bucks, you know, and uh-huh. But you're getting concessions and all that sort of stuff, so it's a, it's a great move for theaters to uh, to embrace that if they'll if they'll be smart enough to do it. Yeah, they just opened a a drive-in yeah. around, over by me too, which is have you been have you been to a movie there at Coyote? I haven't been there. Um, my dad's uh, a contractor, and his company was contracted to build it, so I do yeah. have a connection there. But I just haven't I just haven't been down there yet. Man, it's really cool. We, we I've heard went, it's great, though. Yeah, yeah, we went like right after, right before summer started. We saw, I think, Epic, which is not a very good movie, but you know, whatever. Epic and Iron Man three. Um, uh-huh. It's a good deal, and it's 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 kind of a fun experience. I'm glad that that 
is uh, it seems like it's doing really well. Um, I have a lot of friends and a lot. Of, I know a lot of kids and and like uh, kids from like our youth group and stuff that that go there on like a regular basis. So that's a cool. That's a cool thing. I, I'm I'm a fan of seeing film in like different settings and stuff and like uh, you know showings and screenings in the park. You know things like that. It's so uh, the drive-in is is a cool. It's a cool thing. Shout out to Coyote Drive-In. They're, uh, they're, they're doing things right over there. Totally. It's just interesting. It just reminded me when we were talking about the classic cinema. Yeah. Just like it's like vintage movies are coming back. It's kind of a trendy thing for a, a drive-in, you know? Mm-hmm. Like it's 2013. They're opening a drive-in? What? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's just like, uh, you know, vinyl records are really popular right now, you right. know? Right. Like they Always, sold more yeah. vinyl like last year than they did since ninety seventy nine or something. Right. Like yeah. just randomly, you know? Right. Uh it's cool though. It's kind of you look back and kind of appreciate these classic movies and the way things used to be, and it's cool. It's mm-hmm. it's I'm glad the the trendy cinema has has sort of faded I think three D is done. Yeah. For for sure. Unless these big event films come out like a uh, a gravity or something. Mm-hmm. It's going to be really yeah. hard to convince people to pay extra for 3D. For me, at least, I haven't paid extra for 3D since since Gravity. Yeah, I don't think I've well, seen any movies since in 3D. Maybe yeah. out on accident, I saw Thor just because it was right. It wasn't was advertised in 3D or something, right. but it yeah. was. So they get that extra money. I hate that. Yeah, that's that's what happened. What's to me advertised with, uh, online isn't what's at the theater. Right. Yeah, that's what happened to me with Frozen. We, well, I mean, I knew it was going to be 3D, but the the time that we could make was a 3D showing, and so we just okay, we'll we'll do it. But yeah, um, yeah I think it's it's going to get to the point, and I, I'm glad because I, I'm surprised to hear you say that because you've been a fan of 3D much more than much oh, more I, than I, I, I do enjoy it. And um, if the timing's right and the movie's right, I, I will I'll, I'll definitely prefer 3D. Sure. But I just don't for a, gen, a general audience. I think it's. Uh, Past the gimmick point, it's just uh, right. okay enough already, you know. Yeah, no, and, I, totally, and it may, I totally agree. Knows, I, th- I heard Star Wars is going to be in 3D though, the new one. That's so fine. Maybe I that'll just, revive it. Maybe it'll take a year off, you know, or something. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's fine as long as you're if as long as you're using it for gravity, you know, or Avatar yeah. or Hugo. Well, I mean. Uh, if it's if it actually makes is it's an immersive part of the film, then I'm I'm you know okay fine. But other than that, its only use is, hey kids, the Lego movies in 3D. Now make your parents spend five extra dollars per ticket <laughs> to go to this you know 3D movie. I mean, it doesn't really serve a purpose. What I much prefer, you know how you go to a um, say you're going to go see Thor, Thor: The Dark World, and you you can either see it in 2D or 3D. Usually it's two separate theaters, a 2D mm-hmm. screen and a 3D screen. Yeah. It's like if they if they can just choose one, okay, this theater it's going to be in 3D. Sure. So we're going to show use that other theater to show a different movie. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Like sure. we, we can't see Nebraska because no freaking theaters are playing it. <laughs> Maybe if you weren't doubling up on 3D and 2D on every uh-huh. big yeah. budget, there would be more room for more movies, you know? Right. Like yeah, that's what I want. I want more. It's like every freaking theater around us is playing the same five five movies. Yeah, in the yeah, and that's that's the the downside of the multiplex because it used to be. I mean, when I was a kid, in my general area, we had a, we had one theater at Northeast Mall and another theater at North Hills Mall, which doesn't exist anymore. And I think both 
both theaters had six screens. And so you had to kind of, you know, there might be one or two movies that overlap, but for the most part, you had to say, oh, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is playing at North Hills Mall, so we have to go there instead of Northeast Mall or whatever. But um, now they can dedicate six screens. You know, on, on the on the surface, hey, you have 30 screens. That means you can show 30 movies. Now, you're probably only showing eight movies because yeah. we've got to dedicate, which I get, I get. I just wish, I wish that the bigger theaters would give me like two or three screens dedicated to smaller cinema and and so that i could see nebraska instead of whatever else or we could have seen inside lewin davis this week or you know whatever that would be uh that would be excellent but it's not the world we live in kent if you if you haven't seen freaking carrie by now <laughs> probably, probably a good chance you're probably not going to see yeah, it in the you, theater you probably it's, go ahead and take that out yeah Three month Ender's Game, you know. There's no, right. there's no reason for those to still be out right. in the theater. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> the worst, dude. I went to, when I uh, saw Out of the Furnace. I had to walk by a poster for Nebraska to go into the theater, and I was like, "That's the movie I wanted to see." You can't advertise <laughs> a movie that you're not going to put here. That's junk. We're gonna have to, we're gonna have to see Nebraska. It's gonna have to be next week. Yeah, we're gonna have to get to it for sure. It's gonna, we, we got to get that forte, forte baby. Yeah, that's right. It's our boy. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter. For supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron. Blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. All right. Uh, let's move on, Brian. All right. Let's, uh, let's talk out of the furnace. All right. They haven't been able to find your brother. The people up in those hills don't read a justice. But it does not include us. 
This the growth is the worst. He haunts those mountains. Please don't do anything for me. You don't want to go there. We're going to get one shot at this guy. You ready for this? All right. Let me just say this. Um... I like when you start like that. I like when you, start, <laughs> you know just it's going to be good. Yeah, I'm excited. You know, it's gonna, I, I, the first 30 minutes to 45, I wasn't paying paying that close of attention. <laughs> sure. Completely unwatchable uh, <laughs> of this movie. Just horribly unwatchable. It's, it's amazing that whoever wrote this, uh, directed Scott Cooper, I think is his name, uh-huh, the director. Yeah. It's amazing that he even got Woody Harrelson and Christian Bale to turn the pages that far uh, through the script. Maybe they were just – it was now you see me syndrome with Harrelson. <laughs> Maybe he just wanted to see how bad it would end. Yeah. And not quite as bad in this case. It's still still pretty pretty bad. Um, yeah, just the, the, the this movie starts out so slow mm. that it's just hard for it to ever – gain traction and become anything. I think if they had started it, maybe done a five minute exposition uh, yeah. in the middle and told you, told us what had happened in the first 30 minutes. <laughs> I would like it because in the sure. middle to, to the end, it's watchable. It uh, becomes something, but it, for me, it was a little too late. Um, and I'll go into specifics later, but there's no really big performances here that, wowed me there are some that were laughable which i'll talk about <laughs> later sure. uh, but, but give me your your thoughts brian because you, you you chose this over frozen to do the podcast so i assume you had some good thoughts um, yeah i mean good argumentative to, points to sure make, so to be fair i frozen hadn't started when you texted me and said which one are we seeing so oh, okay. I, I mean i hadn't seen frozen yet and also i just felt like I didn't think you and Richard would really enjoy Frozen, and and I I personally, I think Monsters University is like the worst episode that we've done because there's just nothing to really talk about when it comes to a kids movie, you know? Pretty popular, so, pretty popular episode. That is, just say. I'm glad, I'm glad it's popular. Yeah. I, that's like the one episode I didn't listen to because after we were done with those, like I think I was terrible on that, so I'm just not gonna. Anyway, um, I don't dislike this movie. It sounds like as as much as you did. I didn't. Uh, I didn't mind the first hour. My actually, I'm, I'm kind of the reverse of you. Can't I? My problem is more that I I felt like there was so much set up in the first hour that didn't really get paid off in the second hour. You know, I kept looking at my my watch, thinking, okay, we you know we're we're getting to the turning point pretty soon. Like I, yeah, I, I'm not gonna say I enjoyed, but I. I can't say that I appreciate it, I guess, the way that that uh, Cooper, the, the director, kind of laid out this, uh, laid out the, the movie and the setting and the events and whatnot, and, and it's it's clearly pushing you towards, okay, it's going to be a pretty explosive uh, finale, and then it kind of just, it just kind of peters out a little bit. It yeah. wasn't, there wasn't any, I mean, you know, an hour into this movie... I think any of us could have written down pretty much exactly what, how the movie was going to end, you know, and it's not like there's mm-hmm. really a twist. And I don't know that this story lended itself to a, an actual twist, but I, 
there could have been a, a more enjoyable payoff at the end that, that I think would have made that first hour m- more bearable at the least, if not downright enjoyable um, to, to a degree. I thought, uh, I'll say this. I Have you seen Crazy Heart, Scott Cooper's first yes, movie? Yes, I love Crazy okay. Heart. I, uh, I liked Crazy Heart. I like Crazy Heart's a better movie than this, um, than than Out of the Furnaces. But I do think that this is a this is a much more complex movie than uh, than Crazy totally. Heart was. So I'm a fan of Scott Cooper, and I think that I'm going to compare him to a guy that we're going to see a movie from in a, in a couple weeks that I think we're we're both very excited about. Um, he reminds me of a maybe a grittier grittier. Um, David O. Russell, uh, whose mm-hmm. American Hustle looks like, I, if I had to pick, I would say that's the front runner for for Best Picture. I really think it's going to blow people away um, when it hits in a, in a couple weeks. Um, I don't know. But Wolf of Wall know. Street looks like it's doing Wolf pretty. Wall Street's going to be good. Lewin Davis, too. That's a sleeper. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead. Hustle, I think, is going to have like a lot of appeal that's going to that's going to hit some of those voters that aren't going to get gravity, that aren't going to get. Spike Jones. Four hour runtime. Another of, uh, dark horse. Of Wall Street. I would not. I mean, I'm excited to see her. Her is gonna get is gonna get the shaft. I think it's gonna be so. It's such a strange premise. I don't think that uh, the old white viewers are gonna really enjoy. I don't it. know. It won like some New York's critics' uh, best yeah. picture or something right. award. I don't know. That's a different. I don't know if that means group, anything. Though. That's a different group of guys. Then anyway. Um, yeah. But back to my point. My, my point being, I, I think uh, David O. Russell is very, very good at getting great performances out of his actors. Um, and I don't think that he, to this point, has been good necessarily at making a great movie. Does that make sense? Yeah. He, he gets, I mean, great performances. Uh, the Fighter got Christian Bale an Oscar and, and Wahlberg, I think, got nominated. Or if he didn't, he should have been. I mean, he gets great performances out of those guys. Uh, Silver Linings Playbook is, I mean, Bradley Cooper does gives the performance that you you know that you knew that he was capable of in that movie. So I think David O. Russell is great at doing that. I don't know that I think his performances in the movies outdo the actual movies themselves. So I I kind of think that's where Cooper's at as well. So uh, my point being, this is not a great movie. I, it's not one that I would recommend people run out and see because it's pretty dark and and gritty. Um, but he's two movies in. Uh, he got an Oscar for Jeff Bridges. Nobody from this is going to get nominated, but Christian Bale is pretty good. Casey Affleck is really good in a very limited role. I think that this is a guy who is capable of making a great movie, and it may be two or three more movies down the line before he gets to that. I just hope he keeps yeah. getting opportunities because I, I see – a lot of good in what he's doing. And I, I really do think he's capable of making an, an absolutely tremendous uh, film. So I like, I guess what I'm saying is I like that he took a step away from crazy heart, which was a, you know, very good movie and very successful for what it was, but it's pretty easy to do. If you have the right performer, which he did, um, this is a much tougher task and it doesn't really come together as well as you might hope, but uh, I think it shows signs of maturity that he's he's trying to move in 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 that direction. So that was very long winded. Did, did this just movie t- to you just feel like a B movie? 
Yeah, it, to me, well, I just couldn't get the the feeling out of my mind, or the portrayal on of the actors was just like nobody was taking it serious. Did that? I didn't get like, that. Not so taking much. it serious, but just like um, you could tell that they were doing this. And they had another job that they were really working on, you know, like, uh, yeah. I don't know, I see that. like they were doing this on the weekends and they were working on another movie during the week or something. It just right. felt like every person in it was just, uh, uh, I don't know. It's, it, it didn't feel like any person in this felt like it had any potential. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, it seemed like, it, I mean, look, we see movies like this every year where you, you assemble an incredible cast and you have a hot director and then you get there and you just realize, uh, this isn't going to be as good as everybody, you know, it isn't going to be as good as we thought it was going to be. And that's kind of a letdown. I thought Christian Bale was really good. I just think Christian Bale's not really a, he's not a dynamic, he doesn't have a dynamic charisma that, uh, that some other actors have. And that's okay. I don't think, uh, I don't particularly think that Daniel Day-Lewis has, a dynamic charisma either, but yeah. he's, you know, one of the best actors in the world. So I think Christian Bale is a phenomenal actor. I think that maybe this movie would have required, I don't want to just keep saying Jeff Bridges cause I don't know that he's even right for this role, but you know, a guy like that who kind of exudes uh, a, a charisma that would make this a more enjoyable uh, film. It did. So I, I can't say that from the performance standpoint, Kit, but I will say I, it did kind of feel like, a it, fi- it felt like the b-side to a coen brothers movie yeah a lot of times. it felt yes. like the, if- the coens like started writing this and then we're like eh, i don't really see where this is going and they just like handed it off to somebody else who finished it and made it into a movie and so it's fine but it doesn't have the obviously it doesn't have the comedy of a coen brothers movie but it also doesn't have the 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 wit of a coen brothers movie it reminded yeah. me a lot of have you ever seen that movie uh a simple plan that came out in like the yes. late '90s with Bill Paxton. Yes. It kind of reminded me of that, except a little, not quite as as uh, dark. But that does just seem like such a Coen Brothers movie, and then it just kind of, meh, it's it exists, I guess. Um, so that was the. the I, I say, the I'm glad you said that. I said B movie because I meant like a movie you would see before a real movie. Sure. Yeah. Like they showed me this, and then immediately after this, I saw Lewin Davis like in the same theater. Right. With like yeah. some fake trailers in between. Yeah. Tropic yeah. Thunder style. That would have been right. awesome. And like I, this House, movie would yeah. have been a lot better. Sure. But it, it just felt like a filler. This movie yeah. feels like a filler movie. It's like bridging the gap between the big budget, um, you know, Thanksgiving releases of the world, the gravities, if you will, mm-hmm. and the um, the Christmas movies. It's like this movie is the perfect one for this week. You know, it's right. just uh, got some uh, Oscar caliber actors in it, not necessarily performances, but, um, yeah. has some stigma attached to it. This movie probably cost, uh, $5 million to make or something. It was, it's actually 20, it's 20 million, 22 wow. million. Wow. But that's partly because the cast has got to be making a lot of money. Unless you're, unless you're paying like Woody Harrelson, $10 million. Sure. Uh, I don't see how, how this movie costs that 20 million. Wow. Yeah, well, I mean, they no shot on location. That that ups your your price if you're if you're shooting. I don't know where they're shooting. I mean, it's based in like the Pittsburgh Appalachian area, but sure, yeah. 
Um, it's I don't think much of this at all was done on a set, so that's you know that that adds to it. It, it does seem like it, at twenty two million dollars does seem steep. So I would imagine if I had to guess, I would I would say that the actors didn't take their price tag down too much to uh, to be in the movie. Well, I know you like the intro and, and the outro, Brian. Oh, Pearl Jam. I did. I love that, and a new version. Yes. Of that. That's like my second favorite Pearl Jam song too. So I that's a that was awesome. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. I knew right when they played it at the beginning. I was like, oh, they're going to end this movie with it too. Yeah, I was yeah. just waiting for the guitar riff to come in at the end, yeah. and it did. It was. It, it was did. Very it was, predictable. It was good. Yeah, it was. Look, it's 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 not a great movie by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I think I probably liked it a little bit more than you did, but I can't say that I, I sat let's, in thrall, Let me be know, clear. The first um, first act is yeah. it was unwatchable to me. That's that's it. Sure. The the rest of the movie was was fine. And uh, you know, if I had only seen that, I would I probably would have liked it. It just took so long yeah. for me to get to the point. Where I didn't want to look at my watch, it, get, it took so long for me to get to the point where I was like, "All right, now the story can begin. Now the movie mm-hmm. is going to get going." Uh, I didn't know if it was what it was what it was about. First of all, I didn't I didn't look into the plot synopsis before I went to the movie or anything, so I had no idea what it was about. It was called Out of the Furnace, so it could be about pretty much anything. Right. <laughs> Leaves yeah. it pretty much open for anything. Uh, and um, so I didn't I didn't know if it was I was like okay it's about prison it's Christian Bale's getting out of prison <laughs> right. cool so that makes sense out of the furnace okay the jail's the furnace cool so he gets out like immediately <laughs> yeah. and then it's about boxing so I was like oh okay it's a boxing movie it's like a warrior or the fighter or something right. Casey Affleck's like, no it's not not about fighting anymore and then the uh, Woody Harrelson spoiler alert coming up. Now for out of the furnace, Woody Harrelson when he murders um, <laughs> Affleck, yeah, and everybody else like okay, now the movie's gonna start. Okay, you know that's that's yeah. how I felt, and that that point came a good forty five to an hour in. Yeah, I felt like if that if that, if that point had come, if he had killed off Affleck in the verse thirty, um, I'm this movie's a whole grade letter higher to me. Okay, sure, um, but I. It's not. It's not the worst movie I've seen of the year. It reminded oh, yeah, me of the Place sure. Beyond the Pines. Yeah, that's a fair. And I think the Place Beyond the Pines is immensely better, entertaining wise, with the the, the heist scenes and and all yeah. that. Like Gosh, I, that, I feel like the third the, act of that Place Behind the Beyond yeah. the Pines is such a. It's down. this movie's first Gosh. act, is what it yeah. is. Yeah, totally. But if those movies had been switched, like if Place Beyond the Pines had come out like now, mm-hmm. and this movie had come out over the. Over the spring, it would have been right. perfect. Yeah, I would have probably been really psyched about Place, Place Beyond the Pines had it come out right now. Right, you know, it'd have been like, uh, could it get nominated? Gosling was pretty good. Uh, we'd never seen Bradley Cooper in a role like this. Uh, right, you know, it it would have been more effective to be released here, but it's not. Um, so, anything uh, that you disliked about this? Yeah, this we, we we should talk about. We, we, I want to talk about Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, I was going to say, we should talk <laughs> about doing, the, the performances. Because <laughs> like I said, I think Bale's pretty good. Affleck is, uh, I, I, I really like Bale. So I'm, I'm probably, I'm maybe a little biased, but I, th- I thought he did a really good job with uh, a minimal uh, a minimal uh, dialogue. You know, I mean, he did, a, he did solid stuff, just, you know, emoting without talking and stuff. Affleck was pretty good, but he's only in the movie for a few minutes. Um, 
we all love what American treasure Woody Harrelson. And I'm not going to say that he's bad in this, but the yeah, character he, his, is poorly his, designed. His mouth was least. half full of something. <laughs> yeah. It was inaudible half the half Yeah, the you time. can't understand him. And I know that's part of the bit because he's a, he's a hillbilly and that's supposed to be what he's doing. But you could make it to where you could understand him. That would be, that would be acceptable. Yeah. It doesn't – it's a strange role for him. Again, just plays into the theories we have about him because this – that – I wish I could had a great uh, a great analogy, but it seems like a role that somebody who doesn't already have his chops as a really good actor would take because it's kind of a desperate role in a way, and it's I mean he's Paul he's Dano. above that. Paul Dano maybe, or or <laughs> like like a uh, a comedic actor who's trying to show that he can play serious, you know, or something like. Sure. Anyway, yeah. Um, it, not a great role for him, and and you can't say that it's really a great performance because, and partly because of that. But as you mentioned, dude, Forrest Whitaker, what <laughs> yeah, are I, li- I literally laughed out loud when he started oh talking. My gosh. I thought he was making fun of Christian Bale's yes. man voice for for yes. a second. I was like, oh, he's making fun. Oh wait, this is a movie. Oh. I'm watching a movie right now. <laughs> he's, <laughs> right. he's really doing this voice. Jeez, man. he was doing uh, the. Um, the Robert Downey Jr. from Tropic Thunder. That that was the voice. Uh huh. Yeah. I'm just one dude yeah. disguised as another dude. <laughs> right. It was yeah. like, why not just speak normal, Forrest Whitaker? Like that's what I mean by a filler movie. Like, yeah. You can tell he's like, all right, I've already done the Butler this year. Got some other stuff, you know, sprinkling Dude. out. You know, I'll just, I'll just go for something different in this movie. I'll go. I'll do a crazy accent. How about yeah. that? Gosh, don't do so it. Bad. It ruined the movie. It literally it, just... It really oh. was. It's it's a blessing for this movie that he's only in the movie for about five or six minutes because otherwise there is... there's I don't know that I could have sat through. I mean, it's it's yeah. really bad. <laughs> and my question is this. Are we sure that Forrest Whitaker is a good actor? No, I, I'm not. I, sure. <laughs> I, I, I've been unsure since Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Uh, okay. It's been, it's been quite, a, quite a while for me. I mean, me. I know he has an Oscar and... I haven't seen the Butler. Apparently, he's really good in that. But man, I'm looking at the, I'm looking at his IMDb, and it's I don't like know. Vantage Point was pretty good. <laughs> you know, he's pretty good in Panic Room, which is an underrated. Yeah, that is, he's got a very small role in that though, too. Yeah, I mean, he's okay in that, and and I don't know. I guess he was good in Last King of Scotland. I don't know that that was worth uh, an Oscar. He was really good on The Shield for a season. But man, there's a lot of really bad movies on his his resume, and I don't know that I've I don't know that I've ever seen him elevate the material to a higher level. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I just yeah. I don't know, dude. I don't think that he's <laughs> this movie was like that realization of oh, Forrest Whitaker's in this. That's good because he's a good actor. And then like uh, maybe not. I don't know that he's a good actor at all. <laughs> to be quite honest with you, right. Zoe Saldana, I love her. I do too. Not, not but, quite a great role for her. Yeah. It's very limited. Yeah. Uh, not a lot of opportunity for her to make anything of it here. But sure. I do I like her. She's yeah, I do too. gorgeous. Right. Might be number one most gorgeous female out there. Okay. Just putting that, sure. just putting that out there. Um, so, yeah, a lot. There's star power in this movie. Uh, never really got anything sad that there's not one glaring performance that was like man that was awesome you know right. Casey Affleck was pretty good but he's only in the movie for mm-hmm. uh, less than two thirds of it 
Um, what else? I like the drug house scene. Yeah. With uh, Harrelson was in the next room mm-hmm. when Bale went in. I think that's what I'm saying. There are so many little good suspenseful moments in the second yeah. second half. Right, and but, I think that that's an example of what I said uh, earlier. Of of Cooper is going to be. I think he's going to make a great movie eventually because there are two or three scenes in this that are incredibly well staged, um, and then they just don't quite pop the way that you you want them to. And I think that's an experience. I mean, this really is only his second movie, so um, I, I I like. I think he's got the right sensibilities. I just don't know that he knows how to execute it at this point. Brian Gill, what's your grade for Out of the Furnace? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with a straight B. Kent, how about you? I'm gonna go B minus. Yeah, I, I can to a it. C plus plus, like yeah. right in between a B and C is where yeah. it is to me. Yeah, I may end up coming down when I when I put my final list together at the end of the year. This is one that's definitely a candidate to drop. Like the the more yeah. I think about it, so totally, I can buy that. Bible. All right, good stuff. Let's move on. And let's do weekly recommends. All right. Weekly recommends. Okay, Brian, hit us with your recommend. So uh, I was gonna do Frozen, but we talked about that earlier in the movie. So go see Frozen. It's uh, it's really fun, and right. especially if you have kids or uh, you're an old married person like me, uh, I think you'll definitely enjoy it. Um, so, but for my official weekly recommend, I'm gonna pick a TV show that uh, I just caught up on. Yesterday and today, uh, you may have seen it. It, it piloted in uh, November, so we didn't get to talk about it on our TV pilot episode. But uh, it's uh, it's a show called Almost Human on uh, on Fox with Mr. Carl Urban that we who we talked about before and uh, Michael Ely. Um, it's got a very it's I think J.J. Abrams is involved with it some level. Uh, and it's got a very Philip K. Dick feel to it, very similar to, you know, Minority Report and um, Blade Runner and all that sort of sort of stuff. Uh, it's not a. It hasn't reached its potential from a storytelling perspective. Um, Kid, did you ever see the show Fringe? Uh, no, no, I haven't. Okay. Fringe. Some at some point will be a weekly recommend. I'm. I really enjoyed that show. I watched the first three seasons. It's excellent. Great storytelling on that show. This show doesn't quite have that down yet. I think that it's going to get to it at some point. But for the for right now, for the moment, uh, the reason I watch is very similar to The Blacklist. I watch The Blacklist because of Spader. If they killed off Spader tomorrow, I would never watch another episode of the show. Uh, the chemistry between Carl Urban and Michael Ely is outstanding. Like it's a it's a lot of fun to watch them work together and and kind of. Uh, work against each other. The bit is, it's the future. Carl Urban is a uh, is a, a human, obviously. He's a cop. Uh, and it's like, I don't know, 40 years in the future or something. And Michael Ely is uh, artificial intelligence, and it's his partner. And, you know, Carl Urban is kind of the standard, grumpy old guy who doesn't like technology and uh, so he's got a he's got a partner with this this uh, walking toaster that he's got to figure out how to work with and stuff. But they have a really good relationship. Um, they do some really cool stuff on the show. They work well together, both on the show, like their characters work well together, and they they work well together as actors. There's a lot of uh, interesting supporters, uh, Minka Kelly from Friday Night Lights and Lily Taylor. And anyway, uh, there's a lot of good stuff going on. I I, I can't tell you 
can't definitively that it's going to end up being a great show, but it's really enjoyable and uh, it's it's got the potential I think to bump up to be a a very good sci-fi show, which is kind of rare, honestly. So uh, almost human is my uh, my pick of the week. Nice, I have seen it. I've watched good. almost all the episodes. Uh, are you are you enjoying your, enjoying uh, your journey? Sweet. Immensely, it's definitely my. It would have been my favorite show if it had been in, in the fall pilots episode, yeah, probably. It's better you. than Shield. It is. It is. Don't, it's totally. Better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think this and Sleepy Hollow, which is, I still can't believe that I'm watching Sleepy Hollow, but man, it, that's a fun show. So this, this, this fits quite well with it, I think. Yeah. I, I love Carl Urban. Uh, I think I've made that clear on this show a lot of times in the past. Right. But man, uh, the guy's awesome. This is a great cross between Dread, which I don't like. I didn't like yeah. that movie very much, but I know you, I know you did. But he was cool. I love that. Movie. Yeah. It's a good cross for him personally. Like it's a good cross for him between uh, Dread and uh, and Bones McCoy on uh, on Star, Star Trek. Trek. Right. It's a it's a good balance between those two characters, and he's he's really good at what he does. Um, and so I I enjoy it a lot. I'm glad you're you're watching it as well. Sweet. Good recommend. Thanks, Brian. Uh, I'm going to recommend a episode of a show. Okay. Um, I'm going to recommend the Christmas episodes of The Office. Yeah. This week. Yeah. I know you've talked about them before, but yep. um, specifically uh, Classy Christmas and a Benny Hanna Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, great, great, awesome stuff. If you, you don't even like The Office, just watch the Christmas episodes because they're good on their own. Yeah. And you don't really need to know any storyline. For those, but man, such a great tradition to around Christmas. It's Christmas time right now. Uh, if you're listening to this in the summer or spring or whatever, <laughs> when we're recording this, so we, we we do love Christmas, but we don't talk about it in like July. Just <laughs> right. making that clear. Yeah. Um, I, I I do I do like going out every year or sitting down and watching like old Christmas movies and TV shows and uh, the Charlie Brown Christmas and the. The whole nine yards. I I I do enjoy that every year. I I, I can appreciate a good Christmas movie sure. or, or TV show. Yeah, same here. Um, I'm with you, I watch all the uh, all the Office Christmases the uh, weekend after Thanksgiving. My wife and I like decorate the house and all that stuff, and we uh, we always watch all those. You know what's underrated on the the spectrum of of Office. Christmases is the last one, the one with Dwight yes. as the yes. What's it called? The uh, ah, can't remember the the weird. It's called Dwight Christmas. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a strong. Where he's the the, the German. Yeah, uh, I can't Santa remember Claus. what the guy's yeah. name is. Yeah, but uh, yeah. strong, strong episode. <laughs> Man, I such a such a great show, and yeah. uh, the last season I got so used to not seeing Michael. I'm I'm so glad I can go back and watch episodes with Michael because it's yeah. such an immensely better show with <laughs> Mr. Michael Scott. It just yeah. is. Uh, so go back, watch those, watch Benny Hanna Christmas. Uh, just the cold <laughs> open is great with Dwight and a dead goose. Yeah. So one of my uh, favorite favorite lines on that episode, and really in the whole show, is when Andy talks him into going, and and he walks out of the office and he's just so dejected and he says, Jim. Ryan, Dwight, let's go. Where are we going? Asian Hooters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, classic. Great, great line. Great recommend. Love those. Awesome. Love Thank those you. So much. Yeah. Thank you, sir. 
Well, Brian Gill, let me ask you this. Where can I find you online? You can find me on Twitter at bgill12, or you can find my writing at canbabiesdrinkredbull.com. Kent, where might I find you? You can find me on Twitter at Kent Garrison. And you can find our show on the internet at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Find all our episodes on there. Download them, stream them, and share them. Uh, find week recommends on there and contact the show on there as well. And be sure to leave a five-star review on iTunes. I notice uh, we've gotten a couple more in the past few weeks, so that's awesome. We'll, we'll shout you out in the, in the next couple weeks. So. We will. We love that stuff. Keep it coming, guys. You. Tell your friends. We, uh, we want you to, we want to share the joy. By the way, man. Movie season is, is is beginning again. The next three weeks are going to be crazy. Yeah, dude. So we got like 300 episodes to record we do. in the next couple Stay weeks. Stay tuned to the, to the website in the next few weeks yeah. for a lot of content. Maybe some bonus episodes uh, around Christmas morning. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, but on that note, until next time, we will see you at the cinema. Goodbye. Goodbye.